Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the RIP podcast. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode 12 of the show. So uh, as ever, we really appreciate you listening. And uh, as usual, as usual, I am joined by Barnaby and Christoph. Christoph, how's your week been? It's been emotional, but it's been nothing that can't be solved with a decent amount of white Russians. I hear that. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm also brandishing a white Russian, if you can't l- listen, just, just for uh, posterity. That is the sound of ice touching a glass with uh, milk, vodka and Kahlua. Mm-hmm. If you haven't tried one, do do please use this as an excuse to try one. But yeah, okay, buddy, fair enough. And what about you, uh, Barnaby? Have you had a good week, mate? Uh, nothing that has been out of the ordinary. Formula One's back on uh, this weekend, which is making me quite happy. And uh, yeah, can't really say much else. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you ever get upset when they do that thing on the podiums where they like squirt each other with that like uh, champagne? It's oh, that's not just they, sw- they switched to sparkling wine for some stupid fucking reason. Really? Oh, yeah. Right. Like... That's why. <laughs> Maybe it's like, uh, and, I don't watch the, and I don't watch the podium uh, podium celebrations usually because there's always fucking Mercedes up there. all right see uh, that's one of those things that i happen to know absolutely fuck all about like uh it's people driving vehicles you know that's all i uh that's all i know i i don't know people that are in it like isn't there one that's got like a name that sounds like butt who's that who's that driver that's got a surname oh oh, valtteri bottas no not the fucking british one he's really really like big butt doesn't ring doesn't ring a bell actually it might uh, ring a bell in like five minutes or so let me, but... let me google it uh f1 driver that sounds like but f <laughs> f1 <laughs> we are a music-based podcast people just bear with name sounds like but Urge. did you mean big black cocks no that's not one <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> no, it didn't really say that see it's come up already it says uh button yeah, Jensen Button. Oh, he retired from F1 ages ago. Yeah, but it's, it's too, it's kind of, you never get too old to drive a car, really, <laughs> yeah. unless you die. Like, how do you retire from sitting in a vehicle? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, unless you've, like, wrapped your vehicle around a tree, then there's no real excuse for you to retire, really. Maybe yeah. you got Not too fat trees. To yeah. All right, well, enough of this, uh, enough of this fucking bullshit. Well, let's we know are, how we, you are. We're based podcast. We're not an F1-based podcast. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, thank fuck uh, i'm all right thanks christoph it's been a likewise it's been an emotional week so uh glad to be talking to you two cunts as a nice distraction let's put it that way um but yeah this week on the show we've got uh we've got some big names we've got uh, a little band called evanescence that we're going to be talking about with their brand new record as well as a band called brand of sacrifice and uh, we're going to be doing something a little different this week. So make no mistake, Slate and Celebrated isn't going away. Uh, we, we, we'll be back with another record to discuss or put under the microscope. Fuck me. What is wrong with me today? I can't fucking speak. We'll have a record that we can put under the microscope again very shortly for Slate and Celebrated. But this week, we're going to be introducing a new segment. And now I'm not going to say what it is just yet. I'll leave you on the edge of your whatever it is you're sitting on. A dick? A seat? I don't know. But... I suppose we could probably start off as we always start off and talk about what's been wagwanning in the news this week. So, uh, Barney, I'll let you start off. What have you got for us this week in terms of news? 
I have got a fairly decent amount of news, actually. I'm going to start with the small stories and then build up to the big ones. Um, Architects have released, have recorded a live orchestra version of their song Animals off of their latest album, for those that wish to exist, which we have reviewed on the podcast, as our regular listeners will know. And uh, it's phenomenal. It they did really the recording cool. live at Abbey Road. They had strings, horns, flutes. They even had like a fucking one of those Japanese horns, horn things which you smash with a... I can't exactly remember what it's called. A Japanese called. horn thing that you yeah. smash. No, it's like a Japanese gong drum or something like that. I don't know. It's difficult for me to describe. I've never really been into those sort of oriental instruments, but it's basically right. like what Metallica did with S&M, you know, with the San Francisco Philharmonic Orchestra. Architects yeah. basically done their own thing, and it's fucking incredible. Cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I concur. I mean, um, Christoph, despite your m- m- fucking huge experience with, uh, as Barney rightly said, Oriental Instruments, yep. uh, have you had a chance to check this out yet? I haven't, but like knowing that it's got a drum gong trumpet or whatever it was that Barney called it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't, I'm fucking going to S- dive right into that. Smashy, drummy, no- noisy boy. <laughs> All right, if that's is that the new name for a smashy drum noisy boy? Yeah, we are a professional bed-based podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are deadly serious, as you well know. Well, we say professional, but it's not really professional, is it? Oh, that's, our, <laughs> that's our little secret, Stephen. Anyways, yeah. So um, the one thing I wanted to mention is that it's really cool to see bands like that doing things which are more out of the ordinary and just pushing metalcore in a different direction instead of just mm-hmm. being like you know. Oh, he's not doing the play anymore. Why is he not doing that? It's just like, no, nah, get fucked. They want to do something different and they fucking bossed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's very grandiose, I think is the word. Exactly, uh, yeah. And Sam Carr's just... vocals sound fucking phenomenal as well. well I didn't realize all... like his clean range was that good. Oh, I did. I mean, he's always sounded incredible, really. Uh, but he's, he is getting, he is getting like better and better, I think, in yeah. terms of like, like metalcore singers in general. Uh, I don't know. You look at somebody like Ollie Sykes and the guy's got to have like auto tune on literally every little thing that he does when it comes to singing because yeah. he just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, less, less said about him and bring the horizon. No disrespect to anyone who is listening. who is a fan of the band. It's just not my cup of tea. And Ollie Sykes is not my kind of person. No. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. I, uh, I really, really enjoyed the, the uh, rendition of uh, animals orchestral rendition yeah, of it so um you never know i mean who knows if they we might in future get some kind of metallica snm style thing with architects where they do it or uh you know a big sort of live event for uh strings and, and stuff i'll be well into that i mean this isn't the first time obviously they've dabbled in this kind of thing either so uh yeah power to architects uh i got a bit of news gojira have fucking released a brand new song off their much anticipated new record, which is out a mere couple of weeks away. I believe it's the end of April. So a little less than a month away now. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's really no surprise that it's a fucking banger. Uh, I mean, have either of you two managed to catch the uh, the new Gojira song? I believe it's called An- Amazonia. I haven't heard yeah. it yet, but don't spoil it because I'm really looking forward to hearing it. I love well, we're going to talk about the... it, so you better fucking put us on mute, mate. <laughs> I love the old fucking wobble board, or whatever the fuck it is in the intro. Like, oh, here we go. This is Christoph's like a wobble board, a wobbly boardy boy. 
Yeah. I wanted to, like, it's the thing that you associate with Rolf Harris, but he's kind of a taboo subject, so. A didgeridoo. It's not a didgeridoo. It's like the wiggly, wiggly, waka, waka (laughs) fucking thing. A didgeridoo is like a warp. This is like a waka, waka, waka. Well, Harris yeah, had but he also like had like a metal board, and he just give it some of that back and forth. Weird ass fucking. Noise. I like how like your brain goes to like Rolf Harris when I was thinking of like Soulfly or Sepultura or that kind of like yeah, the, the sort of like very... the more tribal side of metal. Exactly, yeah. Being about it, the Amazon rainforest. You know, his mind just goes to like pedophiles. Can't help you. Was really nice to me when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, was. I wonder why. <laughs> I think I heard something like Gojira gonna donate all the proceedings they made with a song to like some indigenous people's organization or something like very wholesome and very sort. It's the sort of thing that Gojira would do. Yeah. So uh, from what I am aware of, but it is like a it's, it's a fundraising initiative essentially. So um, I yeah, believe right, that, yeah, yeah. So in terms of the the crisis impacting the Amazon and indigenous communities, so presumably you know the the, the tribes that live in the in the amazon and whatnot it's effectively going to be uh setting up fundraising initiative for them which you know it's so it's just fucking cool it's just gojira being again forward thinking and not putting themselves or their egos in the way of of causes and um yeah i kind of feel like i've exhausted i mean we've not even talked about the album in full and how many how many good things can you say about gojira there's only so many times you can sort of like or so many words, rather, that you can use to praise how good Gojira are. But, I'll keep um, saying the same words over and over again. They're that amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's basically going to be a spunkathon when it comes to uh, listening to that, you know, or reviewing that new record when it comes. But, um, yeah, fucking amazing song. I don't, I don't really want to sort of give too much away in terms of banging on about the tracks they've released so far because, you know, we will do this as a whole once the, the the albums come out in its uh, entirety uh, entirety but uh barnaby anything else you've got in the news mate i've still got quite a few stories i'm going to whisper them quite quickly yeah yeah you're fine uh, i got one more thing as well so uh, by all means take your time no oh, yeah, yeah in that case uh turns out adam nurgle of behemoth has been is being an absolute chad by even in the face of being taken to court and potentially being thrown in jail he is still slagging off the polish government so as we know, okay, as if you may or may not know, the situation with Poland is they've gone back into lockdown, rising COVID cases, yada, 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 everything's shut, apart from one thing, and that has been the churches. And of course, we all know Nurgle's stances on religion, so he took to Instagram to write, write a very satirical and sarcastic post, which basically said, oh, by all means, keep going to the church. Oh, why don't you guys get close together and start French kissing inside the church? Religion is great, yeah. That uh, sort of very sarcastically direct, directly aimed slander at the Polish government and their love affair with religion. And I was like, this guy just has no fear at all. <laughs> he's a lad, yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, <laughs> the thing is, is that he, he's never shy of uh, controversy, really, is he? Um, you know, so, yeah, like, fair enough. We get that you don't like Jesus, and we get that you're whole, you're against this whole kind of uh, regime of of uh, religion and whatnot. But um, you know, it's uh, it's one thing to say like, yeah, Christians, you should go and like, you know, kiss each other and hug each other and do all this during a global pandemic. 
And then you can also argue that he's potentially promoting people to uh, go out and, you know, spread a virus that we're kind of trying to get rid of. But I mean, uh, it depends which way you, you, you know, which depends side of the stupid, fence. Depends how, depends how stupid people are. Well, this is the problem. We do live in a world with a lot of stupid people, Barnaby. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people. <laughs> oh, you <know>. You're right, <laughs> mate. Oh, choked by a, <laughs> choked by a white Russian. Jesus Christ! Fuck. Yeah, uh, your eyes were popping out of your skull. But uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I did like with the whole Nurgle thing. Like he he reposted something the other day about um, Ricky Gervais. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, about, I did. Like, fucking it was fucking brilliant. Like blasphemy? Question mark. Like fucking blasphemy? It's 2021. For fuck's sake, what's next? People being punished for insulting unicorns. <laughs> so when, Ricky Gervais really on, get... when Ricky Gervais picks up your fight, then you know you've done. You're you're fighting the good fight. Fucking exactly. kudos. Yeah. Ah, exactly. Anything else, Barnaby? Oh, I got one. Oh, I got two bits of juicy news. I'm gonna whiz through this one very quickly because there's one more I want to talk about in a little bit more detail. Uh, Ramstein's stadium European tour, our uh, European stadium tour, has been postponed to 2022. We already know why. It's it was inevitable. They have said about that. Some of the dates did include uh, dates for the UK, if I remember correctly. So hopefully, fingers crossed, those will be happening next year. Yeah, yeah. Did either of you two have tickets for the uh, the UK shows they were doing? Oh, fuck no, no I could never afford it. No, see, um, I, me and Emma, me and my missus did. Uh, we we were supposed to be going to uh the the show in coventry but uh yeah again it's just one of those things sadly um i i wasn't really expecting it to be going ahead like any anyway so uh let's hope that 2022 opens the door and the floodgates to a lot of shows that we were hoping to go to uh this year exactly or uh, last year even fuck um but uh yeah fingers crossed uh, but I do urge you two to, uh, if you have, I mean, have either of you two seen Ramstein before? No, never. I, I, I want no. to, but I want to, but it's just the ticket price is so extortionate. I mean, I wouldn't say it's not worth it. I think it is. It's just working up to afford that ticket price, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, mate. Um, I mean, I've seen him a few times, but the last time they came over here, seeing them in the stadium at Milton Keynes, it's the best outdoor show I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's it's yeah. it's insane. It's fucking it's unbelievable. Um, it's like yeah. one of those bands that have now become like I think they're too big to even like headline a festival like download or anything now as well. They're just a band that oh, yeah, yeah. completely yeah. exist on their own. Uh, you know that they could basically cultivate a crowd the size of download easily at a stadium or whatever, and you know probably make like. 10 times the amount of money than they would for just like a slot at download you know so, yeah exactly uh, they could have an entire show for themselves and make more money as you said yeah so i can't see rammstein being uh, any kind of uk festivals like download or anything anytime soon when they can basically do whatever the fuck they want <laughs> they're that big now and uh rightfully so uh yeah fair enough anything else you got barnaby one final bit of good news, and it's okay. regards to actually what we mentioned last week about Meshuggah's new album. I've got a, a follow-up to that story, if okay. you don't mind me telling you. You go right ahead, buddy. So so it turns out Fred, uh, guitarist Fredrik Torendal is back in the band on a full-time basis. He has been sitting out touring since 2017. 
And therefore, his temporary replacement, Per Nilsson of Scar Symmetry, is no longer needed for the band's duties. Mm. So basically, Fredrik Thorndahl's back in the band on a full-time basis. Just wanted to cool. share that little bit of good news to you. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, uh, if it means that we get mis- uh, brand new Meshuggah sooner, then uh, fair enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got one more thing. Um so I was looking at this a bit earlier on, uh, just came across this online, and uh, it looks like for the first time in quite a while uh, that vinyl sales are due to overtake CD sales for the first time in quite a while, I believe. I think it's not like at least since the, uh, the early 90s or the late 80s, like vinyl was all of a sudden like overtaking it. And um I was just wondering, like, in regards to the way that you guys buy music these days. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I only ever go for vinyl now. <laughs> I mean, uh, CDs just kind of really seem like a bit of a uh, an obsolete format at this point. Uh, I mean, I get that <clears throat> if if you drive, maybe it's the convenience of just popping in a CD and then you can, you know, uh, digest the music a lot. Uh, a lot, a lot, well, not even easier, really, but you can digest the music that way. But realistically, you know, you can. There's Bluetooth now. You can Bluetooth the phone to your stereo. You've got aux cables. About to mention that. You know, it's just like CDs are becoming sort of a lot more redundant now as we kind of get, you know, further and further uh, along the ways in terms of how we digest music. Uh, so yeah, I mean, where do you guys stand when it comes to sort of buying music? Do you really see a point in CDs anymore? Mm, I used to, but the thing is, I've stopped buying CDs now because I'm running out of uh, space at my yeah. at my res- place of residence. So what I mainly do is, if I'm gonna buy something and if I know I'm gonna buy something for a fact, I'll just buy the digital copy of Amazon Music on my phone, which I know yeah. it takes a lot of a personal element out of it. But I really just don't have the space for CDs anymore or vinyl currently, which means that buying any physical form of music is a little bit out of the question currently. Yeah. Cool. I mean, what about you, I like to buy, I'll buy CDs not new. I tend to buy them from charity shops, like nostalgic sort of things. Um, but yeah, like you, I love collecting vinyl. I bought... Oh, my throat's fucked today. I bought a vinyl from one of the bands that we're reviewing today, um, which is pretty oh, cool. as fuck. Yeah, I love nice. them. I think you have a nice, you have the nice element of the warmth of vinyl that slight sound difference and with the amount now of bands who do all these different prints they're just so fucking pretty they're not just a plain black giant fucking sphere you yeah know? well this is exactly my point is just the fact that if you're somebody that really appreciates like when you listen to an album it's kind of nice to have the artwork uh, sort of accompanying uh, accompanying the sound as well like i love like skimming through artwork and reading through lyric sheets and stuff i still do that when it comes to listening to albums and it's just so fucking like uh, it's so cool like when you get like i i ordered the uh rob zombie new rob zombie records on vinyl and it, when it arrived i stuck it on and you know it's just so fun it was so fun just trawling through all this really these really cool fucking images and, and lyrics and stuff and and you know having the new album blaring out i'm still like a sucker for that whole having the uh a, a product something to cling on to you know as opposed something to like that's, something that's uh tangible 
Well, yeah, if yeah, if you like, it's just like rather than I don't know having like a download of the record on your phone and playing it through some shitty speakers, I just figure, well, it's just like I, I the way I listen to music and the way I digest it, I just I just enjoy it so much more. You know, I feel like you're getting so much more for your money, and obviously you're supporting the artist a lot more. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think it's awesome that vinyls kind of not only was it was there a big revival of it, it's obviously doesn't seem to be slowing down and it does seem to be like uh becoming the the way that a lot of people consume music and a lot of people buy music now uh so yeah that's really fucking cool i uh yeah i mean not that cds were ever i mean i, ne- I never hated cds don't get me wrong i mean cds were great at the time uh yeah and for me i mean i when i was driving around i used to buy cds for that purpose alone um you know, putting them in the in the CD player and Bob's your uncle, but they do take up room and they're easily sort of damaged. And yeah, I just figure that CDs are a bit, a bit like they're becoming the brand new tape decks, <laughs> which is like, who would have thought anyone had been saying that? Like, I don't know, in the year 2003, yeah, like <laughs> CDs are becoming the new tape decks. It's like, well, we really are kind of, who knows how we're going to digest music in the future, you know? Yeah, I find like, it weird on like a slight note as well. It's like a lot of bands now are putting out cassettes. And like, yeah, I know, yeah. I understand that like you can buy a record player. You know, I've got a little fold out briefcase looking record player. It's great. CDs, if you've, like you said, if you've got a car, if you've got maybe a laptop that's slightly older. But yeah. like, who the fuck has something that's just got a fucking tape deck, like a cassette player? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess people just love nostalgia. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the only the only real word for it is just nostalgia. But uh, like tapes in particular, cassettes. I I just really they just seem like such a shitty way of like the quality wasn't great, the artwork was tiny. Uh, you know, they just really effortlessly. Yeah. Uh, they they really were like something that I just didn't understand. I mean, I still don't understand why there's such a big kind of buzz around cassettes other than the fact that it's like, you could argue it's, uh, it's the whole nostalgia, but that's it. Otherwise who the fuck's going to put on like, I don't know the blackening by machine head and be like, yeah, I listened to that the other day on fucking cassette. It still sounds great. Well, mate, you should try doing it on vinyl. Or you should try <laughs> doing it. Like, even if you should try loading up Spotify. I mean, it even sounds better than that. Like fucking Spotify sounds better than like a cassette tape. Listen uh, to the dust and the crackles in my old tape tape players. Like, yeah. <laughs> Listen to the sound of my people fucking just pod. trying to be hipsters and all that stuff. I think like Lib Biscuit, whenever they release their new album, if they ever do, they were like jokingly saying they were going to release it exclusively on tape or something like that. I was like, yeah. of course, Fred Durst would say that. Ah, they would, wouldn't they? Yeah, bunch of fucking lunatics. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't get cassettes really. But uh, uh, I suppose unless anybody's got anything else to add for news this week, that is it for the news. Cool. So we should move on to the first record we're going to be talking about. So it comes from none other than Evanescence, as I said before, it being the fifth studio record from the rock megastars. Uh, so 
I know the answer already, but I'll ask it anyways. So, either of you two fans of Evanescence? Mm. Take or leave it. <laughs> okay. Crystal. I mean, when I was like a fucking 13-year-old boy, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll take back my answer. I'm exactly in Christoph's camp. Like, sadly, those numbers have done a switcheroo. Yeah. And, uh, not oh, yeah. so much a fan and, yeah... Back in yeah. my, it's not a phase mum days. Yeah, I used to jam these guys back in that day, but that those days are now fortunately long gone. So I can sort of take or leave them now. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, well, it, it makes three of us. So I mean, I've never never really been on board uh, with Evanescence. I mean, but the thing is though, is that I do say, despite us saying that we've never really been fans of it, I um, unlike a lot of bands, a day to remember, for example. I completely understand why Evanescence are as big as they are. Really, you know, you look at an album like Fallen and you see that you can really see why the band is, is so popular, really. Uh, I mean, I will, agree, I will agree with that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, 2000, it was 2003 that they released Fallen. So, I mean, yeah. fuck. Like, you know, it's down. nearly like, it's just short of like, 20 20 years nearly fuck yeah like fuck two years off 20 years since that album was mad time flies i tell you lads yeah uh you're not wrong so i mean fuck me barney you must have been were you born when that album came out really you've you been like 10 <laughs> i was eight years old man oh yeah, eight, fucking dick. yeah i mean christoph would have been like way past puberty at part point i think yeah i think like i was barely a micro uh, barely a twinkle in my father's eye at that point Oh, yeah. We were out there robbing our parents' alcohol stashes. Yeah, I was I was a late bloomer. I didn't get pubes till I was twenty-two. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, no, I yeah, yeah. But again, so a record like Fallen, which is essentially you know got all the big singles on it, like Bring Bring Me to Life and My Immortal Going Under. Uh, yeah, it's like you know you you can't really look at that record and and assume well that's why you know this band are, this band is so fucking big is because they've you know they, they've got that record behind them which is just massive but here we have their fifth record uh which is named the bitter truth so um i think i'll i'll kick this one off uh it might shock both of you that i really didn't mind the beginning of this uh i thought that the first three songs it was really strong. I thought the the album opened really strong. Artifact slash The Turn. It had like this really kind of atmospheric, chilled vibe about it. And uh, and and I will say this, that, you know, for, for all the shit that we're inevitably about to give this band, I think that Amy Lee's got a really, really good, powerful voice. You know, I, I think that she's definitely, she's not not talented. You know, she's got like a really strong voice. And uh, yeah, as I say, so... With uh, artifact slash the turn, it, it's just a very atmospheric, chilled vibe, uh, and then you get into like the first quote unquote sort of heavy song or electric song, whatever you want to call it, which is uh, "Broken Pieces Shine." Um, and I thought that this song, as well as the following one, "The Game Is Over," they, they just sound fucking huge, you know, production-wise. You really couldn't get a better audio sound. I mean, the band were playing in front of you. Uh, the, the game is over. Has just this huge swooning chorus. I think it's it's just 
hard not to be swept up in it. Uh, I don't know why I got like a real big sort of radio vibe off that song as well. It, it kind of sounds a bit like Creep by Radiohead. But yeah, as I say, I mean, I, I was really kind of like, fuck me. I'm actually like not hating an Evanescence record uh, the minute I press play. Yeah, it, it's kind of like once you get past that third song, the, the niceties do stop, I'm afraid, for me. Um, but before I go any further, I mean, uh, Barnaby, what did you uh, what did you reckon when you had a hit play on the bit the, of truth? The best way I can describe this record is just like the Sainsbury's Basics Vanilla Ice Cream, if that's ever a thing. It's nothing wrong with it. It's not terrible. It's just not great. It's just there. Yeah. And I think that's the problem that Evanescence have always had ever since I've gotten into like my music tastes have changed. They haven't done anything heavy or interesting enough to capture my attention. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like Fans of the, their previous back catalogue will like this record and for good reason. So as you said, it is huge. It's got that good production value. Amy Lee is very talented and she has got an amazing voice. She's a really good piano player as well. Yeah. But it's just it just doesn't make me feel special, this record at all. It's just there. And I think that's the biggest issue for it. It's just it, I just didn't find anything interesting or captivating about it. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you're kind of like their key demographic, Barnaby. When I don't think Amy Lee sits down at a piano and thinks, right, I'm <laughs> going to write a song for that guy. The guy that's wearing the fucking Manowar t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although that would be incredible to sort of listen to what the the uh, the results of that would be if she yeah. was doing such a thing. Uh, Christoph, what did you think, mate? I mean, uh, were you a fan of Evanescence? I mean, you obviously said that like... 13 yes yeah i mean when i was a kid and you first see him and you like this fucking you know metal but back then and rock you didn't really know there was a lot of woman fronted bands so you see them you're like oh my god i want to tongue punch her queef chapel and then you (laughs) listen to me like oh wow look at this like and they were great for what they are they that big song that they did where they uh (laughs) they like had that weird christian guy doing angry raps um (laughs) that should be the episode title christian guy doing angry raps that was about uh, the yeah. only time i really listened to them i realized yesterday when i was listening to it that i haven't listened to an album of theirs since this and yeah i yeah. mean yeah they have some nice nice riffs some nice chunky riffs and stuff here and there they've got i i think i liked the song take cover Mm-hmm. and wasted on you and then you go that yeah right song i was like this sounds a bit like a younger demographic sort of oh, tune you know what i've got in my notes for that song Seth. i said yeah right just sounds like something share cole shat out a cunt <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude and like it's weird because like yeah and there's some weird electronic bits that i wasn't too much of a fan of but I just didn't find it very gripping, you know? Yeah. And it seemed so... generic. Yeah, dude. It seemed so fucking long. Like, you know, I got out of the way while setting up the kitchen, and it it was like the entire... Like, got to the end of the album. I was like, is it time to go home? Oh, no, wait, shit. It's fucking 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I get that a lot of people are going to love it, and I can understand why a lot of people are going to, you know... It's not shit by any means. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. And this is the difference. Like, they're great at what they do. I just 
I'm not a fan of what they do. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that's what I was trying to say, basically. I'm with Christoph on this one. Uh, I couldn't agree with both of you. I mean, I think we're all kind of in a, in agreement here, really. It's, it's just... Uh, we could look at this from an outside perspective. Um, and we can appreciate that, you know, fans of Evanescence. I mean, again, I'm with Christoph. I mean, this is this being like, I've not checked out the other three records they've had prior to this album. Uh, you know, I mean, I've I've only ever listened to one full, well, now two, two full Evanescence records, that being the first and this. And uh, it's like... You, you really don't need to listen to the guy the albums in between really to know what they're going to be like just because you know it's basically you know it's going to be like this very this very ploddy middle of the roads american radio rock style thing and uh if it floats your boat then great i you know i i'm pretty sure you'll love this if you're a fan of of that kind of stuff but i it's just not it's just not something that i think is uh it's very very engaging you know it's very ploddy and it's very just ugh, is this like is this over yet it's very uh i like somber but it was just so fucking so like it's an album that could very easily put you to sleep you know yeah yeah exactly uh i mean i kind of found out with the, the the first one even like the first track the the sort of intro to it it was very it was very like atmospheric and very uh floaty and i, I was like well, this is pretty cool actually it's just amy lee and like a very kind of atmospheric uh sort of electronic intro and i was like oh, this is quite nice and um yeah unfortunately it just kind of it did just kind of step off a, a sort of cliff with me after that it, the minute that yeah right came in i was like oh, all right here we go here's the evanescence that i was waiting to hear yeah um and uh i mean wasted on you it certainly is fucking wasted on me um yeah and most, <laughs> and, and most people with ears if i'm honest yeah i feel like um, as you yeah. said Stephen, it's like we're not exactly having a this is, this is key demographic are we like i said a guy wearing a man wore t-shirt a guy with an adidas, adidas tracky suit well, Oi, what's your beef with adidas tracky <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i need beef maybe i'm slightly jealous who knows <laughs> well, get with uh, the program maybe we can get bad news adidas trackies could do yeah we could get some patches yes yeah as i was saying it's like it's not our key demographic we're not key evanescence key demographic and that's absolutely okay this is going to appeal very well to those who are in evanescence's demogra- demographic yeah exactly um but i mean i've really not got much else to add to this i mean uh again we've been pretty um i think we've been pretty kind to it considering uh considering, considering how we've been are. to other records on this podcast like a day to remember weezer yeah Power, a, day to, a day to remember and weezer were just shit like this album by no means is it shit it's just no it's not to our palettes like but yeah I, I it's like me with a it's might be like me with ghost Mate. it's not my thing yeah, but the thing is, it's like with this again, we, we you can see why it's so big and why it's so popular. Whereas with bands like A Day to Remember, it's just why the fuck does this have any right to be as big as what it is? You know, it's it's not it's not different and it's not exciting. It's just fucking boring. Yeah. And, uh, On the subject of uh, Day to Remember, Your Welcome's not been doing too well in the charts. I think Christoph said You're Welcome to take this back to the fucking store where you got it from. <laughs> yeah 
Uh, cool. Uh, well, has anyone else got anything else to add to Evanescence, or is that all for? I think I've said oh, everything I needed to say. I'm ready yeah. for the next album. All right, yeah, cool. So well, uh, once again, that is Evanescence, The Bitter Truth. It is out now. Okay, so moving on to the next album we're going to be talking about. Ooh, this is a bit of me, this. So we're going to be talking about a band called Brand of Sacrifice, uh, who are like a slam death metal-based fucking chuggernaut of a band um, with their second record, Lifeblood. Uh, so either of you two familiar with this band before we dive into their brand new record? No, not at all. This is my first time hearing them. Yeah, man. I had listened to some of God Hand um, before. And I mean, when I first found out that, like, oh, here's a anime and manga inspired concept album in Death Metal. It's like, fucking, yeah, give it right now. And yeah, so fucking good, man. Blood gargling pig squeals over a backdrop of chainsaw tone guitars. I mean, what is there not to love about that, really? Uh, it's it's... Latin y sort of fucking anime esque yeah. backing things and breaks. And oh, dude, it's just fucking chaotic beauty. It's, it's a staggering thing, this. Uh, I mean, so I was aware of them. I remember their first record, God Hand. Um, I want to say it was. Two or three. It was 2019, I think, was the the year that they released it. Um, but for the most part, it was a uh, it was immediately not hard not to enjoy it. Um, personally, with this stuff, I, I I just I just lap it up. You know, I'm I'm uh, it. <laughs> it's kind of like if I'm hungry and someone puts a fucking burger in front of me, what do you think's going to happen? And it's kind of like the equivalent of this album for me. You know, I I put it on, and of course I'm going to fucking, you know absolutely love it um so barnaby i'll let you kick us off what did you think of lifeblood loved it yeah go I on think, I mean, come on we're all in the go same on. camp when it comes to death metal and especially this it's like suffocation whitechapel and rings of saturn which band or all bands i really really like whitechapel maybe more than any other two it's like they all just got mashed into a blender and this came out it's got the right mixture uh, yeah. of heavy. The keys are really, the keys in the background are interesting enough. I'm getting a lot of like the Frank Mullen suffocation vibes from the vocals every now and then, mm. and it's just some really really well done brutal death metal. I think there's only yeah. one thing which is a bit of a shame though, and you can you might find this a bit strange. So mm-hmm. if you go to track five, Prophecy of the Falcon, you'll notice that it has a certain man named Frankie Palmieri, who is a singer of a band called Emure. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame, really, because Frankie Palmieri's got the chops to guest on a track like this and do really well, but he doesn't have the fucking chops to bring that skill to his own band because Emure are absolute dog shit. Oh, you fucking scumbag. I love Emure. Not my thing, I'm afraid, mate. You're a, so you're, I'm... You're a wrong'un. <laughs> what can you not like Emure? They're just like, a, they're like the Limp Biscuit of Deathcore. The like... same reason <laughs> I don't like Attila. <laughs> yeah, but like Attila, I, I, I get why people don't like Attila because, like, the, you know, they're, they're just. Franz is a cunt and like don't get me wrong Frankie Palmieri is a wanker as well but I think that musically I can really vibe a lot more with Emule just because like it's got that real like the songs I think the songs are a lot better 
We might have to um, discuss a Muron for our episode. And I wish I could agree with you, Stephen, but I just can't see eye to eye on a Muron, I'm afraid. But I do I respect Frankie as a vocalist. I think he's talented. I just think the band is there. But anyway. You're this fucking is a... nuts. You are fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean... He's lost his tree. I mean, Christoph, have you ever listened to a Muron? Yeah. Yeah, I dig a bit of a Muron. But... Yeah, a Muron are fucking they're, they're well fun time. I mean... I'm the only one in this group that likes Godsmack, so I guess I have to be the odd yeah, one out. And Sabaton. And you Man fucking of War. Cannon, you cannon wanker. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, this isn't, about, this isn't about a mule. This is about Brand of Sacrifice. Exactly. No, exactly. But, I mean, as I said, Frankie's a good vocalist, and that track, Prophecy of the Falcon, was absolutely peak death metal. And also, they have a they have quite a plethora of really good guest vocalists on this. They got Eric Van, Van LeBlair, the guy from I Prevail. Jamie Graham, I thought, if I'm not mistaken, he used to be in Silosis. He's a fucking amazing vocalist. And Heart of a Coward. And that as well. And his new band, Vicera. Mm. There's, yeah. there's just tons of good death metal in the song, and I'm really glad that this got brought to my attention. Like, as you said, unlike Evanescence, where it isn't our thing, this is very much our thing. And yeah. I can say, based on that, that this is peak, peak death metal. Peak, indeedy. And uh, what about you, Christoph? Dude, I'm so fucking in love with this album. Like, I've just listened to it on repeat and on repeat, and it made me go back and listen to Berz- um, start rewatching Berserk because yeah. it's it's based around it's a concept album based on the main character of Berserk, Guts, this fucking gigantic one-armed dude with this massive old black hand and i think if any anime deserves a brutal fucking concept album it's berserk because it's just as disgusting as this album like they've done it perfect justice it leads off from the god hand which was again another concept album based around berserk so they're just like journeying through this savagery and like You've got these cool anime intros and these really nice yeah. like Latin-y bits on like animals, which is just a fucking phenom of a tune. And like Altered Eyes starts and you have like it or it really makes me smile whenever it comes on because you have these sort of eight bit-esque like Mortal Kombat sort of yeah. old school Sega sounding computer game noises. And you're like, but it's not in like a cheap, tacky way and it is completely yeah. in the right place, you know? Yeah. We've got, like, bits where it drops out into these chanting-y Latin things and then back into these fucking heavy beats, and it's all just so perfect, and there's mm. so much fucking going on with it, and it's so damn good, you know? And you've yeah. got, like, that For the Inhumans. It was weird because, like, it's the only tune where you have, like, this anthemic almost like the chorus, like a sing-along-y, everyone can get involved sort of thing. And but yeah, the whole album's fucking savage. I love yeah, it. Man. And they like they invest so much on their own into this, you know, they're not like got the backing of a big label. So it's just like we want these people, we've paid out, like, and they've done so much fucking work and it's just yeah. perfect. It's awesome. Uh it's just the I mean, this is obviously a band that that uh very, very passionate individuals when it comes to i mean he we got to do is look at the artwork on not just this record but their debut as well and it's it's so the artwork's just perfect i think it really encompasses like the sound of this band you know yeah. you just look at an album cover and you think oh, i wonder what that would sound like if it was a sound 
and it will be this. Yeah. Again, the artwork's based off of the artwork from the mangas. Yeah. So you can kind of go through and be like, oh, there's this. Oh, there's this. And yeah, it's so yeah. fucking cool. It's this, they have this ability to create these like massive like landscapes with the with mm-hmm. these huge, huge epic uh, like electronics that they drop in at the beginning of their songs. And, um, you know, you kind of incorporate all of that into a primarily like a very death metal slam style sound uh then you know it's it's it, it kind of reminded me of about i don't know if you guys have heard of a band called wings of plague before or winds of plague yeah 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 i'll, I'll, I'll take a bit of winds of plague they they did a, a similar thing where like they incorporated this kind of like egyptian sound into their kind of bog standard like deathcore thing but it made it different because of those those elements that they were bringing to it and i just kind of feel like brand of sacrifice are basically doing that but they're ramping it up tenfold with bringing in all of these uh elements into like a a, you know this this whole kind of death metal slam core sound i mean don't slam cause a thing i know slam is but you know what i mean it's just kind of they're, they're bringing all of these electronic elements into a sound that is quite I'll say, you know, I mean, de- death metal and deathcore, it's like, if you took the electronic electronic elements out of this album, I think what you would be left with would be like, you know, your sort of standard, like, you know, uh, death metal sound, really. But this is what kind of sets it apart from most of the peers. Yeah. They're, they're sort of setting out these huge landscapes with these uh, these elements they're bringing to it. Um and, you know, it, I mean, even if this was a record that was just primarily uh, doing that, that absolute pulverizing to the senses, it would still be fucking good because, you know, this band are just going at it like white hot. I mean, you can tell that they're they're kind of already above a lot of people like Winter Plague and, and what have you, because they're just going at it so relentless. Uh, but. I think that with those elements they bring, it just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, man. Like I, <laughs> it's hard to pick out like a, a highlight from the record because it's all just so strong. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for like a, an absolute adrenaline rush, then I think that you know you're not really going to do better. Sorry, there's an ice cream van in the street. If you can't, if you can't hear that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well we can't bother the chance that you're talking about like a fucking ridiculously heavy metal band and there's like a fucking ice cream band outside playing like you know happy go lucky music yeah, come get your 99 flake brutal breakdown mosh pit broken teeth ice cream special well yeah is that, i mean exactly uh you know it's um it's like it's hard i'm just looking through the track listing now and it's just hard to really uh, stick a favorite on top of all of this because it's just all so consistent and all so strong. Uh, I mean, it's it's 41 minutes and nine seconds in total, this record, and like it just flies by, I think. You know, you really don't notice that it's you've been listening to like, you know, being pulverized for like 40 minutes because it's just it's just that good. It just flies by. To me, um, I think Animal and Altered Eyes were probably my two favorites. Yeah. But- it's also it's one of those things where you're like there's not a bad track, 
after listening to it like at least once a day for the past week there isn't even like a, you're like uh i can just press fast forward on this one you know like everything's mm-hmm. just so good man it's fuck it's, it's perfect uh i mean if you're looking for something that that just absolutely rips but also has something different about it then i think brand of sacrifices is the band to to point towards really uh these guys as well as um I mean, last week we obviously talked about uh, Pupil Slicer and, uh, you know, they, we mentioned that they were obviously a band that were incorporating so many different styles of music into their, you know, into their sound. And uh, I don't think Brand of Sacrifice are necessarily on par with that, you know, I mean, although they're, they're, doing something a bit different it is still very much ingrained in the whole kind of deathcore slam thing and you know it's not quite as different as pupil slicer but i will give it that it is definitely sort of above a lot of the the dross that you would tend to hear in in this kind of genre of music um you know, like, like Wings of Plague and, and those kind of bands. Not that they're bad. It's just like, ugh, well, I mean, I've heard this being done so many times. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. just nothing that's like, there's nothing that's really kind of, uh, you know, shining through, really. Yeah. Well, the fact, so, that, the, the fact that the drummer of Wings of Plague was doing the same thing over and over again is probably why he left to join Lamb of God and then did the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Um so uh yeah as i say i mean it's uh it's a good it's a good album this and um yeah let's hope that we get uh we get some live shows soon you never know could you imagine this like do you reckon they could do this shit live because fuck oh, me I mean. oh definitely i'd yeah. love i'd love to see it as like an album tour you know as oh, in man. just them playing the album like i love god hand yeah but... I think sometimes with concept albums, you want the whole thing, you know? Yeah, and exactly. I want this, I can, and I, I feel bad for them because I was watching an, uh, listening to an interview with them, and they were saying that on their last tour, they basically they would like halfway through a European tour when they got fucked off back to Canada um, because of the lockdown. So I think they're they're like in this swing of wanting to like destroy Europe, and then got shit back to fucking. Snowy old Canada, so I reckon they'll be well on coming back out and finishing what they fucking started. And I can't wait to be there for it, man. Yeah, definitely. This is uh, this is uh, that'd be biblical live, especially live, man. I yeah. can't imagine like if they could even do this shit live, let alone uh, you know, seeing if they can keep up with like those those electronic elements and stuff. It'd be interesting to see how they drop those, but um, yeah. As brand of sacrifice with uh, lifeblood, their second record. Was anyone did anyone else have anything to add to brand I think of sacrifice? I've said everything I needed to say, other than yeah. go check this record out. Yeah, man, listen to this record. Go fucking watch Berserk to understand just yeah. how brutal this record is. One hundred percent. All right. Well, in that case, uh, that brings us to a brand new segment of the show. Now, you might have remembered earlier on, I was saying that we. Uh, we aren't getting rid of Slate and Celebrated, believe you me, that is uh, very much still a thing. But 
We thought we would mix things up and we would introduce a brand new segment to the show, which we are suitably calling Symphonies of Destruction. Uh, so the idea of this was essentially just to uh, spunk off, if you like, about <laughs> some classic, mm. classic albums that uh, basically just need some recognition, well, not even recognition, but just need to be worshipped in the way that they uh, they were made for. Um, and I think that it's kind of cool that we decided to do this on uh, on the day of uh, a record that happens to find itself on its 14th birthday. We're going to be talking about on the very first Symphonies of Destruction album by Machine Head known as The Blackening. I think you could probably argue that The Blackening by Machine Head, would you say it's it's got to be their best album, right? Yeah. I think I'd have to say it. it's it's for me as a diehard machine head fan. It's not an easy choice to make, as yeah. you'll probably agree, as you both will probably agree with me. But it is definitely one that I have to say is it's, up there. It's up I'm, there. I'm torn between this and through the ashes of empires, man. Like oh. that album's a piece of work, yeah. and Locust is going to be somewhere in that, making it the top three, somewhere. See, yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult because uh, I mean, with Machine Head, there's 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 so many albums that you can point towards as being like, oh, that's got to be their best one. No, that's got to be their best one. I mean, I think top three for me, it's it's got to be the Blackening, Burn My Eyes, and Through the Ashes. I, I think Ooh, between good, that's a good choice. Between those three, I mean, it's it's really difficult for me to yeah. pick a favorite personally because I mean, I. I Go on, mate. Yeah, I think it's as tough as it is for me to make that decision. I think it's going to have to be the Blackening, Locust, and Bloodstone. Those three trilogy of albums are just the sheer epitome of excellence in the Machine Head category. Uh, so you, catalog, you, so you, you're quite, you're quite obviously ingrained in the very modern Machine Head. So you're not. Yeah. Are you a fan of the Burning Reds or more things change or anything? I definitely uh... am. I love that stuff. But as you said, I'm more inclined towards everything through the ashes onwards but of course i still love the early stuff obviously the burning red was like the first machine head album i heard yeah which thus turned into like this massive culture shock you know you're like oh okay let's go back to like the more things change and burn my eyes and all of a sudden i'm like who the fuck is this band you know like from hearing like fucking from this day and then you go to fucking listening to 10 ton hammer you're like holy shit what the fuck is this yeah dude yeah um, but i again i love i always love bands who have all these different sides you know yeah man yeah it's it's an interesting one for machine head in particular because um obviously they come roaring out the gates with an album like um with an album like burn my eyes and it's just like an instant classic you know with the video and old and oh, yeah, thousand you, lies thousand lies and um fucking block you know it's just like there's so many classics it's just a it's a classic album burn my eyes and it's kind of like you go from burn my eyes to the more things change which the more things change had a more kind of experimental vibe to it i think it's fucking because we're, we're not only was you know this kind of an, an intentional decision to do the blackening but um the band themselves uh, have been doing more particularly Rob Flynn and Jared McKeenan. McKeechern. They've been doing um, these Facebook Live slash Twitch 
uh, playthroughs of the albums in their entirety. So I believe last week they would have done The More Things Change, being the second Machine Head album. And uh, this weekend they did uh, The Blackening in its entirety for the first time ever. So in terms of the the back catalogue of Machine Head, I mean, it, it honestly cannot be denied that this is like a a really important band in the sort of metal scene really and um you know we, we've just been rattling on for the last five minutes about like you know what's our favorite machine head records um and despite barney saying that you know he's more inclined towards the modern stuff and me personally i i i'm i kind of point more towards early machine head uh, Christoph, where do you stand in terms of their back catalogue? I mean, do you tend to go towards the more uh, earlier, latest, latter stuff, sorry, or the earlier stuff? I mean, I like it all. I love, like, the groove metal sort of side of Burn My Eyes. Yeah. I loved the whole, like, religious imagery of, like, the blackening locust and the uh, Ashes and Empires, yeah. Ashes of Empires sort of era. So, yeah, I prefer the older side. Yeah. I felt like Bloodstone and Diamond was a bit hit and miss for me. Oh. And then look at Barney's oh, face. Like, he just looks like someone's <laughs> shit in his fucking cereal. Like, I don't hate it, don't get me wrong. I just don't feel like it quite stands up to the others. You know, it's, but yeah. Just, yeah. They're just a band who aren't afraid to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And like no. you gotta take your hats off to someone like that, you know? Yeah. It's cool because, like, in a way, you can kind of just get like a a sharpie and draw three lines: one, two, three. Three albums sit in the first line, which is you know, burn my eyes, the more things change, the burning red, and then in the middle you've got supercharger, through the ashes, and then final line, uh, you've got then the more modern machine head stuff. So you know. Unto the Locust, Bloodstone and Diamonds, a fucking Catharsis. It's kind of like you can really, unlike most bands, I mean, I suppose Metallica you could do it with, but you can kind of, you can really define yeah. like the decades of Machine Head. You can specifically say, okay, well, this is a fan base that are dedicated to like the first 10 years of their career. There's a fan base that's dedicated to like the, uh, the sort of mid range of their career. And then there's a fan base that are dedicated to the more latter end of their career being bloodstones under the locust uh you know and so on and uh it kind of feels like although they've they've got like fan bases for each era of machine head none of them ever kind of see my see eye to eye on on albums if you know what i mean so people that are really into burn my eyes and the more things change they probably couldn't give two fucks about like bloodstone and diamonds and catharsis unto the locust they're just strictly there for those first couple of albums and vice versa people that are into bloodstone and diamonds and unto the locust and um catharsis they could probably look back at the early machine head and been like well it's all right but i just fuck all compared to like you know these other releases it's just like it's such a a varied fan base is the same for Metallica. Like you can get the people that are like, it isn't Metallica like after the black album. Whereas a lot of people are like, Oh no, fucking master of puppets and ride the lightning. Like they're fuck all compared to the latter end of like all the Metallica back catalog, you know, like the black album and fucking, uh, I mean, even going on up to like death magnetic and, uh, 
and what was the last one hardwired to self-destruct you know but there are people that are just as into those albums as they are like you know that what are considered to be the classic metallica it's just you can kind of look at that back catalog of albums and machine heads back catalog and their fan bases are just like all over the place the blacking in the blackening in particular uh, which is the album we're going to be talking about is uh i think that one is an interesting one because it's an album i think that does incorporate a lot of those fact that pulls all of those fan bases together to a certain extent because it's kind of got a bit of everything from their uh, from their back catalogs. I mean, Barney. I mean, I've seen that you have been. You've obviously been like spunking about this album on your socials for the last like. Oh, you know, I'm not even. I'm not even going to hide it, man. I'm not even going to deny it. I mean, I can see that you're like, you know, you're fucking. You basically got an erection just waiting to. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, I wouldn't go Waiting to fucking bang on about it. So uh, go on, talk about the blackening. I mean, I think I could think this holds a special place in my heart because this is like the first love affair I've ever really had with metal. And getting into metal, hearing bands like you know, Metallica, Maiden, and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, it, captiva- it captivated me, but nothing quite captivated me the way The Blackening did the first ever time I heard it and put on Clenching the Fists of Descent and it opens up. And this is like, it just draws you in. As you said, it's so many influences. Like, hell, this is the first time Machine Head were, you know, doing nine to ten minute songs. And originally they were thinking about not doing it. So this yeah. is an album that broke down so many boundaries in a way while still bringing in the best bits. Have you said their previous works, like everything from the ash through the ashes backwards all the way to burn my eyes. It was all there while at the same time doing new stuff and the musicianship on this album is just phenomenal i could go on for hours basically i could write a phd on why i love this album so much <laughs> but i'm gonna save the viewers uh i'm gonna save the viewers that because they'd probably fall asleep about halfway through when i've yeah. only ever gone to like covering beautiful morning or something like that but i mean it's a small wonder why people have held this as like the 21st century's master of puppets while yeah. and uh, i can't remember if it was mel i think mel Hammer me the album of the decade yep and I think some people even go to say so far as this is a heavy metal album of the 21st century, which is a bold claim considering we were only like 20, 21 years in. You know, that's, well, that's saying I, something. <laughs> what about you, Christoph? I mean, what what were your opinions about the blackening, despite you obviously saying that you were very much like a fan of the old, elder, older kind of inc- incarnations of Machine Head? Dude, I fucking love it. It's just like, it's raw. It's a lot more epic you know like they've just got this bigger fucking sound and like i said like once they started tackling like that religiousy sort of side it just like for me like this from through the ashes of empires and then this following up i was like yeah okay really fucking drawn into it you know and like yeah, yeah they were the first metal band like I liked metal and I liked alternative music and it was great, but there wasn't like a band who sort of, for me, was like, okay, it's this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I heard Machine Head and was like, oh, fuck. And I heard yeah. all the other Machine Heads, like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, like, that's basically it's, my journey It's as well. like a fucking rabbit hole of just crunching sound and... Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fucking great. And can we take a minute... Like, while we're bigging up this album, obviously we watched the live playthrough yesterday, mm-hmm. which was fucking great. It was fun. Uh, it dude, was it, it was raw. It was it. banging. But just to, like, 
big up Rob Flynn and blow a little smoke up his ass because this is a dude who for the past year has given like a couple of hours every Friday to make everyone's week and everyone's day a bit better, you know? Like yeah. we've spoken about bands doing live streams and bands doing this and that and but I don't think anyone's done maybe one a month over no. the past year. Yeah. Uh, Rob's done one every fucking week, you know? Yeah. Just to make everyone's not for himself. He doesn't give a fuck about the money. The money goes towards the band and like the road crew, which again, fucking rad. Yeah. And he's yeah. just done it to make everyone's shitty time a little less shitty. A reason to make you drink, force you to mm-hmm. drink, play you some fucking shitty covers of fucking My Chemical Romance, some good <laughs> covers of Alice in Chains. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, dude. Like, it's so selfless and so fucking lush. And, like, yeah, people can, one. you know, he can be a fragile asshole when it comes to criticism. But you can't knock how fucking lush the dude is. Like, there's not a single other person you can think of who's done that much for people, just just to make it easier, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just there's so much personality with Rob Flynn too. You know, it's just that dude can like, as soon as he starts, like I don't know, a fucking instagram live or a facebook live facebook live facebook live i'm a cheesecake eating motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) yeah whenever he starts one of those things it's just like he's so like encapsulating you know you can't like you just listen whenever rob flynn talks whether or not it's bullshit that he's talking about or not you just listen because he's just such like a uh encapsulating dude and um yeah, like you say, Christoph, it's kind of like, yeah, fair enough. Like, bands have been doing these uh, these live stream events and stuff. But, you know, Rob Flynn, he's just basically doing it because uh, out of sheer, I'm pretty sure out of sheer boredom, he's just liking the fact that he can, you know, go on Twitch or Facebook Live for about an hour, an hour every week and just basically practice and have fun while he's doing it. And watching um, them doing the blackening in full last night, it, it really kind of... I mean, we all knew that Rob Flynn was a fucking incredible guitar player as it was, really. You know, he, he's he's a genius. Uh, I think he's quite an underrated guitar player as well. Not oh, a lot yeah. of people really... Not a lot of people give him credit when it comes to guitar work. But you consider the fact that he's screaming his fucking head off while he's playing these really, like, complex arpeggios and really complex riffs it's just like fuck me the guy's a machine yeah, yeah. him um, and joe Duplantier. whenever you see them yeah and you're like oh look at you just tapping your way through a fucking solo while screaming your heart out like yeah it's crazy it's, yeah man and rob needs a new fucking signature guitar you know like yeah dude's yeah. well deserving of some of that shit yeah Def- yeah man definitely i'd buy it Oh yeah, I ain't all by that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, we, I, we could basically spunk on about like how great the blackening is for another like for another hour, for fuck's sake. But I think that anybody listening probably knows that the blackening is a definitive record. Whatever way you slice it, it's just yeah. it's just a, it's just an instant classic much exactly. like burn my eyes you know uh it's um 
it's just one of those albums that you can't deny uh and you know it's uh it's crazy it's been like 14 years as well since it was released i think it was what, 2007 it came out initially yeah 2007 and yeah hasn't aged a goddamn day i tell no. you not at all it's also how the songs work live as well like if anyone wants any good reference to this go watch machine head's performance of halo live at sonosphere and i think it was 2008 or 2009 and just Uh, listen to the reaction of the crowd yeah and listen to how they sing along with the chorus and they respond to the band playing it live and it's just i I just can't describe describe it as magical it's magical yeah and that's kind of one of those things where like regardless of the way people look at machine head now regardless of lineup changes and the direction they've gone in musically yep it doesn't matter like all you've got to do is point back towards the blackening and realize that okay well regardless of what this band decides to do creatively they're always going to have like this incredible back catalogue of like essentially just like putting out you know uh, an album like master of puppets like essentially you could just pull any song off that album and if you feel that you're losing a crowd or if you feel like you know things are getting a bit like oh people aren't really being as as responsive as they are to some classic songs they could just pull out halo they can just pull out fucking aesthetics of hate yeah and immediately people are like oh yeah they are good aren't they yeah beautiful <laughs> be- beautiful morning I mean, we, beautiful morning, fucking um, any song of the album. For now fuck's I lay sake. these the whole down. Album as a whole. Yeah, and no. even their covers on it, like their covers on it, are so fucking good. Yeah, yeah it was negative. They looked battery and fucking hostile, didn't they? Negative. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, hallowed be thy name. Oh yeah. god, hallowed be thy name is ah, oh, dude. And this all makes up for message in a bottle. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering why you didn't want to play in the hotel room at Reading, Steve. And I was like, what has he got against it? Oh, it's that cover. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to cop some flack for this, but that cover of Hallow Be By Name, almost almost better than Iron Maiden's original. Oh, no, I'll back that up. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get some hit. I'm going to get some flack from the classic metalheads, but... Um, it's so good live when they play it. Yeah. That's savage. Same as Halo. When they start playing Halo... Like, and I've got these big confetti cannons just yeah, to add to the, the bigness of this. Yeah, yeah, like when when you saw them on the Burn My Eyes tour and they did it at the end of the originals before they went into Burn My Eyes. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's over and it's so grand. And then you're like, wait, hang on, there's another hour to come. Like, yeah, fuck, yeah, dude. And I was yeah. right before some fuckhead decided to chuck a beer on the sound console and ruin it. <laughs> I'll have to do I'll a review of that you. show at some stage, actually. In fact, did I ever tell you that when... I don't know if I told it on here or not, that when mm. I... It was at Brixton when that happened, that notorious incident at Brixton Academy where some, again, Barney, as he said, like some cunt chucked a, a beer on the sound desk. I remember I had gone for a piss when... I think they were playing... Oh, what were they playing? Death Church. Death Church, yeah. They were playing yeah. Death Church. And I remember I, I, I tapped uh, Emma on the shoulder. I was like, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right back. I'm just going for a piss. Right. And so the venue at Brixton, you've kind of got to like walk up like a a little like not a hill, but it's like, a, you know what I mean? Brixton, the floor at Brixton, it goes down, doesn't it? So it's on like yeah. a, a slight gradient. 
So I was, I was walking up and I, you know, I go into the foyer and you've got to go up the stairs to go to the toilets at Brixton Academy. So I go upstairs, I get to a urinal, I get my penis out. And as soon as I get my penis out, oh, like the whole crowd does that. I was like, am I like being filmed or something? Like, what's, what's going on? Why is it? Why is the whole crowd just gone like, oh, like that? Yeah. Went down and, uh, you know, the fucking band were just like, didn't the band like play this? Like they, they were still playing the song like until two minutes later because everyone was like, wait. Yeah, because they, I think they were using in-ear monitors. So they could yeah. obviously still hear the amps, the drums, and everything like that. So they were just playing along like nothing was wrong. It was quite yeah. fun watching them like bouncing around on the stage. And you can just like, and he, like, you can see Logan just doing his Logan shit, man. Like, fucking yeah. into it, dreads all over the place. And like, there's no noise. And you can just hear like Chris Contos' fucking drums, like, yeah, like a tiny little toy kit. Like, where like Rob Flynn was doing the like guitar hero face, like closing his eyes, like that. Yeah, he's doing a solo and there's no noise. It was oh, man. I yeah. wish I had, like, managed to, like... Is he kind of watching it, like, from this point of view of, like, oh, this is fucked. I'd love to have gotten it, like, on camera. Yeah, you yeah know, there just, are YouTube like, videos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just watching these good. dudes jumping around. I noticed you haven't got a shirt on. <laughs> um, well, I think we've probably wanged on about how fucking great Machine Head are. I mean, have you guys got anything else to finally add to the blackening? Or uh, are you quite happy with just how much of a Other than if any of the our listeners right now haven't heard of Machine Head or haven't heard of the blackening, go listen to it. I'm sure they have. Like, how yeah, could you? They, not... You never know. There might be some new people getting into metal watching our podcast. We might be a gateway drug. <laughs> how no? could you be on planet Earth and not know who fucking machine are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, just saying, if we've got any, new, we've got any people window. getting into metal listening to our podcast, you know, getting in, just starting on the steps of this ever loving, ever lovely journey, go listen to Machine Head. You won't regret it. Fuck yeah! And if anyone right. has on the Machine Head, go listen to them again. Damn right, keep listening to it. Wish that album a happy birthday. But, uh, all right. In which case, that brings us, would you believe, to the end of episode number 12 of the RIP podcast. So, as ever and always, we do appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our socials. So, Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube channel. Uh, send us some shit we'll send you some shit back but yeah thank you again very much for listening and we'll be back next week for some more shite so uh, anything else to add before we finish boys beers up beers up again thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week so bye for now everybody goodbye for now